I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You're listening to Footy Prime, the podcast. Tonight, James drinks a coffee. Danny spins on the ones and twos. And Craig becomes Brandon Dunlop. For myself, Jeff Cole, and Dan Wong, let's get this party started. One of my favorites so far, JC. That was good. Of who? Well, that was supposed to be uh, Jeremy Clarkson. I wanted to get the opening music for, for Top Gear. No, how's it going? Yeah, right. That's right. You know, that you was know my... what? You gotta try sometimes. Sometimes you fail. That's. I'm used to that. I like the voice. The voice was great, but I didn't know it was Jeremy Clarkson. At well, all. I didn't as well, and I'm the biggest Top Gear fan. Well, then I really on. failed. So, okay, <laughs> I will pass the mic to Dan. Drop the mic, Jeff. So as you as you heard, JC or Jeremy Clark. Hey, Jeremy, JC, Jeremy Clarkson as well. It. it works both ways. That's clever. Um, Dunlop's here for, for Craig, who's playing golf somewhere right now. Horrible fate for Craig to have turned into me. Hopefully he didn't get all my poor athletic qualities. <laughs> <laughs> and DJ Thundermuscle beside me. Thunder. Deech, So everyone knows Deech used to DJ, and he's, uh, he, he's whipped out the turntables again at home. We're not promising anything, but as COVID gets a little bit uh, more easy to manage... You might be seeing Deech at a at a bar near you, or right? patio, or patio. No. I go underground. Yeah, you just show up underground. You guys will never ever find out where I'm going to DJ. I hope you get an invite. You might get you might get a mixtape from his basement. He's DJing underground in his exactly. Basement. I mentioned DJ Thundermuscle because before we went to air today, I, I told Deech here that the, the six time world snooker champion. Greatest athlete to ever come out of UK, Steve. <laughs> hey, don't laugh. Steve Davis is a renowned DJ known as DJ Thunder Muscle. Another ginger. Another ginger. That's right. Right, but a, but a successful one. Why? Are you saying you saying gingers can't be successful? Well, not not all of them. Jeff is. Silla Black. You were like one of the most recognisable voices in the country. Silla Black. Silla Black. There's one. But I'm a great DJ too. Are you? No. <laughs> But Steve Davis, yeah, was, uh, I would say, the greatest um, UK-based athlete prior to, uh, I'm trying to think of another famous ginger athlete, Steve Sibwell. The guy who won the Tour de France. Lance Armstrong? No, the English one. I'm all out of ideas. Uh, the cyclists, I know Lance, and that's about it. Is there a stats guy? Paul Scholes. Paul Scholes, there you go. Nicky Scholes. Bott. 
Nicky was Nicky Butt Ginger? Yep. Was he? Died it towards. Chris Froome. Is that who I'm thinking of? Did he not Is win he the Ginger? Tour de France? I think I think you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Okay, I guess I stand corrected. That's twice now in two weeks we've been making fun of gingers. Which is who would have thought after a weekend like this we'd open the show speaking <laughs> about gingers and, and DJ music. I love it here. <laughs> yeah, welcome to Buddy Prime. Oh, by the way, your beard's coming along nicely there, B. Thank you, yeah. You are trimming control. it, aren't you, a little bit? I will have to trim. I did have it uh, professionally tended to once under the, uh, the guidance of you know, wanting to keep my marriage alive and uh, <laughs> uh, having a, a new new job to uh, impress or people to, to impress at the new new office. So, Gen- Gentleman's release, businessman's release. That too. was it, yeah. That was it. <laughs> it, it. It might come down further, though. As, as, as the weather gets, uh, gets colder, I, I might actually bring the beard up, surprisingly. Well, as you uh, kind of alluded to there, we might recognize B's voice from the CPL broadcasts of the Island Games play-by-play. Nice job so far, pal. Are you enjoying it? Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun, really. It's uh, totally different from anything we, I've ever done professionally. And um, it's, it's been some great football to call and some great football to watch. And, and the Canadian Premier League has made some, some real strides in a, quite a short period of time and unbelievable circumstances they're playing under in Prince Edward Island. So been a lot of fun i'm glad i've been a part of it with you guys yeah smooth sailing so far um but you you mentioned the big story of course from the weekend one of the biggest stories maybe one well, of the biggest but one of the biggest stories to ever um hit the canadian soccer market was of course by munich winning the champions league alfonso davies our very own fonzie a champions league winner and you're wearing a fucking hat a by <laughs> munich hat yeah, you know what? Where do I start, B, with this? Given our history and the various sure. podcasts we've gone on before, and, and and the hours of ridicule you've taken for supporting so many teams and so many sports, and you shot wearing a Bayern Munich hat. You know what? I'm a real, <laughs> I'm a real players guy. Okay, I support players. So there are teams I love: Aston Villa, Portugal, the Detroit Tigers. Absolutely love those teams. But I also love players as well. So this is not supporting the biggest club in Germany. This is supporting the best Canadian player to ever play abroad, okay? What do you think, B? D? I'm not having it. He just has, it has a hat for every team that's successful. No, I like the collection. I like the collection. I, I've been totally changed since coming over to North America because in England, if you wear anything else apart from the team you support, you can lose friendships. You can lose arms, legs, eyeballs. But over here, I like that. There's different sports you can support, and there's different avenues where you could go and support different teams as well. Like, he's repping Bayern Munich today because they are the champions of Europe, not the world, like they practice in the MLB and NFL, where they're the world champions. No, they're the European champions, and he's repping big Fonz. It's all for Fonzie. Is that what it is? And for I'm not having it at all. I can, yeah. get you, I can get you one. I got a nice gray one if you like this. Lid. Thanks. I just will never wear a Juventus or Inter colors, even yeah, if Fonzie plays for them. I just, I have never been able to wear it. I mean, I, I don't generally wear shirts and hats of my sporting heroes. Firstly, because football shirts look really bad on me. Very <laughs> <laughs> lumpy. Especially that extra, that extra small one you've got. Yeah. <laughs> That's number one, but I don't know. But anyway, listen, I've, I've made fun of me too much over the years over this. So I should just accept it. So you are. This is just the way it is. Yep. There are plenty right. of other things you can make fun of me for now. <laughs> it is a nice hat, though, in fairness. But I get it. You're, you're repping uh, Fonzie. And how surreal was that um, to see him not just take to the field, but lift that trophy 
and just bring that exuberance and the energy to to that broadcast as well. I mean, we're all watching Fonzie, right? Watching the game, obviously, but we're just he gets the ball like, come on, Fonzie, do something. He's had a pretty quiet game in fairness, right? Got the yellow card, got a knock on his ankle, but how cool was that? This thing, this Canadian kid taking us to new levels. I was surprised, like at the emotional trigger that that was watching him play. Where it felt like that was that was someone I knew I was cheering for out there that you you really wanted to see do well and. And yeah, you kind of held your breath every time something happened, especially after he got the yellow card and had to play it a bit more cautiously. And he wasn't making maybe the runs that he usually does uh, to be a bit more conservative and, and calculated in his play. But just to see him on that stage and deliver this season, been w- one of the best players in, in the world since the restart. And to uh, play 90 minutes for Bayern Munich and win the Champions League, it's honestly something I never thought I'd see. It is a, a Cinderella story as, as we, we called it for Leicester City two, three years ago when they won the Premier League. But this is a different Cinderella story because of just the character that he is and the the story of how he came to Canada from a refugee camp in, in Ghana. Um, his parents traveling all the way to, to Canada, setting up home in Edmonton really, really kind of settling in there and playing for, a, 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 I don't even think it was a proper youth club at the time in Edmonton, and then developing into uh, Edmonton's uh, kind of academy, and Jeff Poulos was, was working with him and some other guys there, and then to eventually go to Vancouver, where he was part of the academy for a little bit, signing for the first team there, and to get spotted and scouted by such a fantastic club in, in Bayern Munich. That was when things really started to, to... Well, I started to raise my eyebrows to say, well, we know this kid has talent. I remember watching a kid when he was 14, 15 at our training ground going, who is this kid? Like, he was playing as a striker and he was just absolutely bossing our U15 team at, at Toronto FC. For he was a, with whom at the time? He was with like a regional team from... I think they were from Alberta that way. They were coming in to play a mini tournament. Vancouver were there. Uh, the regional team from Edmonton, Montreal were there. I just remember him banging in goals. And I was like, why is this kid not at one of the professional academies? That was my first ever glance at Alfonso. Why did you sign him? Because he was part of the regional uh, scouting network that Vancouver had. So with Toronto, we tried to get him in, but we can only bring in players that are in a 52 kilometer radius did he try some you know some dark arts to you know hey hey mr davies mr <laughs> davies got a job for you out here oh <laughs> by the way got a great club for your kid if he, if he plays football no we didn't try any of that because you should have done we're a proper club you know so we don't go you under have morals the, and ethics we have morals and ethics at Toronto fc but no we tried we definitely tried and obviously with mls rules he uh, had to go to, to Vancouver, and you know what? It was the best environment for him in the residence there. He developed nicely under on, on Carl Robinson and got his opportunity there, but you have to give the kid a lot of credit. And as I said, it's, it's such a good story. I, th- I think 100% there's going to be a film made about him one day, just of, of his journey and even his early years in 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 football and he's going to go on to win many many more things and hopefully with the national team here as well go on and be successful but uh, I still can't get over it and you're right I I, I thought he he didn't have a particularly good game yesterday not as an efficient game as he usually has but maybe that's credit to um, 
the, the opponents defensively they were set up nicely and PSG really knew that the left side was was difficult although I thought Coleman had a good game then with the knock I thought he, he kind of winced a little bit and I thought oh my god I think we were all like the we're the, all the like parents like, at home going oh, shit on, please get up get please up. get up it's so funny and then he was on a yellow and I'm thinking fuck is he gonna get sent off no he's he's the right temperament he knows what to do and credit to Bayern as well. They left him on there. They they trusted him as well. So it just all added up nicely for him in the end. And I'm so glad that he, he picked up the trophy. A well-deserved trophy, not only for him, but for Bayern going unbeaten in the Champions League this year as well. He didn't have a particularly outstanding game, but then neither did Bayern. That was probably their worst performance since the restart. They just needed to be more efficient than PSG. To but use PSG were sat so deep as well, you know, and were happy to give Bayern the ball. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, I enjoyed the final. It was a decent final. It wasn't a great final. It kind of paled in comparison to the one we saw on Friday, obviously. But it, it was okay. But let's be honest. I mean, all our eyes were on were on Fonzie, and I can't wait to see the, the movie when it comes out, Deej. When when Yul Brynner plays, you know, this this dark and mysterious Toronto FC academy coach trying to lure the family. Hey, come on, Mr. Davies. We can just hook you up with a great job over here. Be- well, it's any bald actor I could think of. I think no, he's dead, was, isn't he, actually? Take someone yeah, you'd yeah, least yeah, he's expect. Dead. You know, if, if Thomas Rongen is being played in a Hollywood motion picture Michael, Michael Fassbender. Fassbender. Yeah, that's true. We can get someone else for Deech that would really, you know... Oh, Danny Dicchio, played by I, I guess anyone Alba. could anyone yeah. could shave the head in fairness, right? right? So who would play who would play Deech? He said Idris Oh, oh. <laughs> So I said, well, if, if yeah. we're looking at that Why not? type of standard I was, I was thinking more Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan, oh, yeah. No, no, yeah. I got it, I got CGI it. CGI nowadays, we could do some stuff. You want I- inscrutable, those Asians, <laughs> aren't they? They're inscrutable. <laughs> to cast Deech, you want someone that would invoke some fear, perhaps someone, an intimidating presence, someone who Joe has Pesci. a very powerful voice. <laughs> Joe Pesci. Someone who you're like, don't really know, but he talks like he knows it. Jason Statham. Oh, that's not oh, bad, actually. Oh. Yeah, I can see not that. Bad. He's got the uh, the anger and the boldness going for him. I'm less angry now, guys. You know, you are considerably less angry now. You're it's actually, nice you're actually. Uh, <laughs> I thanks, think, I think the thanks, anger. For, uh, thanks for all being in agreement, guys. <laughs> it's true, though, because when when Deech first comes to Toronto, TFC is oh, well, Christ, Dane Dickier, man, he's a bit of a nutter. You know, he's a <laughs> tough, tough boy up front. Like, and then you meet Deech, you're like, oh, you let me down. You've disappointed yeah. me. You're, you're too nice. <laughs> After four Stellas, it's a different story, though. Yeah. <laughs> Back to Fonzie. It, it's either that or we're dancing on Young Street. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But you talk about his story, and you're right. And and no one, I don't think anyone anticipated him to to get into the first team so quickly. I think we all thought, you know, he's coming from Vancouver, in, with respect, MLS. He needs some seasoning in Germany. He'll be loaned out, toughen up a little bit, get used to European football. But he he didn't. And give Bayern so much credit, they saw something there and gave him his chance, and and they blooded him perfectly. But for him to just jump in that first team and within a couple of years become a key member, not just a a starter, but a key member of, of that starting eleven with all those stars, I mean, it's it's quite amazing. Forget that he's Canadian, and that's been pushed. And there's so few Canadian stars. We, we're jumping on this bandwagon right now, but that to me is just there's this great story. Of this kid that just didn't care about what people expected of him. He said, "I'm doing it this way." I got no. He doesn't seem to have any kind of. He's a calm individual. He's not scared. He's not intimidated by anyone. That was on display in the final. I mean, he headed that ball back to Neuer. How many nineteen-year-olds would be comfortable to to be in that situation and not fear putting it into the back of their own net? I mean, his composure and confidence. I know 
Terry said it on uh, on, on One Nation that he played as though he'd been there before. He looked like a veteran, even though that was the biggest stage he's ever been on. And that's a real credit to the work that he's put in there and the, the team as well, obviously, have, have taken to him and seen how key of a contributor he would be and someone who, honestly, I thought would be lucky to be loaned out to Fortuna Dusseldorf and be starting 20 games this season is a treble winner and one of the first names on the team sheet. There's that, that line, uh, I forget where I, where I heard it, but uh, before Bar- so after Barcelona, or before Barcelona match, and him and his dad were talking apparently, and they said, yeah, you're, so you're playing against Leo Messi. And they both just started laughing, apparently. Just laughing like, this is ridiculous. I'm on the same field as Lionel Messi, the great Lionel, and then smashing them in the process. How cool. Well, there, was one, there was one action as well where Messi kind of brought Alfonso down. I think it was in the first 10, 15 minutes. And Afonso was just lying on the floor. He was on his on his butt. And Messi came over and he recognized that he fouled him. But you could see the adulation from Alfonso being picked up by his hero. Hand yeah, extended out. It's a great picture, isn't it? It's a great picture. But again, it's just like what dreams are made of. And he said that yesterday after the game. Uh, I've, I've fulfilled my dream of, of playing in the Champions League and winning it. He's 19, though. He's so 19. But again, we... We speak about Bayern and, and the excellent job they have done. And you're right as well, Brendan. I thought for sure, I think he played like seven games in the under-23s last year while training with the first team. Mm-hmm. Just seven games. And he was on the sub-bench for the first team a couple of times. So in reality, this year would have been the perfect stage for him to go out on loan to maybe a Bundesliga 2 team or a lower-end team within the league to get 20 to 25 games. But the trust that not only Bayern have put in this kid, but the rest of the players in bringing him in, welcoming him in, having the confidence in him, and that just shows what that can do to a young player and his mindset. Because he believes he can walk on air now. And you're right, with that cushion header back to the goalkeeper, the belief to take on uh, the right back of Barcelona with a couple of step overs and not panic inside the 18 yard box slip the ball back for the, I think it was their fifth or sixth goal just shows you what mindset he's in and, and the confidence that he's playing with I think that's that environment as well you say that you can walk on air but he's not someone I'm, I'm worried about the success getting to his head I don't think no. that would be allowed in that environment I think that that's uh, a credit to how good that uh, environment is in, in developing players um, at such an accelerated level that he may not have had that had he gone to AC Milan or had he gone to Juventus or had he gone to Atletico Madrid. Um, well, I mean, Bayern, a lot of those players became stars young as well. Thomas Muller, uh, yeah. David Alaba, they become stars very young. They've been through it. So they're great, great, show great guidance for, I think, for him is in the right situation. But then I get concerned when I see the post-match celebrations in the club and he's draped in the Canadian flag and and Drake follows him on Instagram, and, and he's, he's, he's going nuts. It's actually a great piece of video, right? But typical freaking Drizzy, right? After he wins, <laughs> I'm going to follow you. Bandwagon jumper. Didn't you think that? Like, where, why weren't you following this guy, this, this Canadian kid, weeks ago if you're such a big soccer fan? What rhymes with Bayern Munich? It's going to be hard to work into a... Munchen. Maybe Munchen. You use Munchen. Still. I, I haven't freestyled for a long time. It's hard for me to know. I have to ask Dan to do a freestyle. He's, he's a freestyle rapper. Dan would be it. But footy, footy show freestyle, when you bust it out, Charmin. It's got, it's got to be Inscrutable. We've got one of those transitions. We've got DJ Thunderfucker beside us. He can yeah. do it for us. Mr. Whatever his name is. I'll make you look good, Charmin. Melody. Help us out. But you know what I really liked about the Bayern game yesterday? And you're right, they didn't play particularly well. But these guys know how to win. They're serial winners. 
But even Thiago coming off the field and on the sideline, and this that was probably his last game by all accounts. He's moving on. Just his focus and his determination to still like call every play, and he was like so transfixed on the game still. And the whole subs bench. It was a little bit like Seville in the in the final the other day, where they were all up on on the bench challenging for every ball, calling every shot. And you look at the comparison of PSG. Were, I know they were losing the game, but they were all sat down like this and the world no was going to end. They, they were destroyed. destroyed. Where that, that, that's a whole mentality thing again for me. And the Germans, we know and are renowned for being machines, but and efficient. And you have an influx of foreign players there, but have, have bought into the mentality of the German way. And even in, in Alfonso's interview afterwards, I caught a little bit of German's twang in there. Yeah. yeah. He's going, yeah. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah. It's fantastic. I've noticed it as well. And it, it comes out in the TikToks too. You're like, hmm, what, what part of Canada are you from? <laughs> Bavaria? <laughs> Bavaria, Alberta? He's got yeah. the old Owen Hargreaves twang, right? That has a weirdest accent. You know, you got Canadian in there, you got some German in there, and you got some English in there, some Mank. It's the strangest thing. Yeah. Um, so, so, for Fonzie, what, what's next? I mean, you won the treble, and let's not dismiss what a rare feat that is. I know they did it seven years ago now, but only two teams have ever done the treble twice, Barcelona and Bayern Munich. There's so many games. I know this is a truncated season, but he's 19 years old. He's won the treble, all right? Um, on, on, on One Nation last night on One Soccer, we're talking about, you know, what's next for him? Is it personal goals now? Has he got to evolve? Uh, is, is it putting on that Canadian shirt and leading this country to a World Cup? He's 19. I'm not quite sure he understands what he's accomplished just yet. You ask most young players. I mean, do you, when you first broke through into the you know, top team, QPR, you're, you're a kid, right? Did you really appreciate it at the time? Did you understand it? Yes, because it was something I worked very hard to get towards. And making my first team debut for my hometown club was a dream of mine because I had actually been a supporter standing in like the stands with my friends, traveling with the fans as well. And I managed to pull on the shirt and play in front of my friends and family that I'd been in the stands with. So that was a dream for me. But as a young player, and I go back to speaking to Craig about this, you're not really thinking about much else when you're a young player. It's as you start to get older, you get married, you have kids, you have a house, you have responsibilities in that sense, that the game becomes even more important. Where at this moment, he's just playing like and having fun. Yeah, it's a dream. You know, it's, we talk about the dream, but he's just playing and having fun. And you can see it in his play. He's playing with freedom. That's it's, the word, isn't it? That's the word. Yeah, freedom. so when you get a little bit older, you, be, you become a little bit more tight and... I don't know, it's, it's very hard to explain, but there's... Because you see the consequences. There's lots of other di- different stuff going on, whether you're getting a new contract, whether you're uh, be injury-free for the year, whether your form is going to be as good as it was when you were younger and playing with freedom. There's all kind of different factors that come in. A fearlessness to being a young player. You explained it to me when we started working at Fox Soccer News eight years ago now, and mm-hmm. I, I look at every player thinking about that, and you can kind of see be at 22 or, or 25 where it kind of shifts and you don't yep. really know what's going on in their personal life. But you can tell that their game has changed a little bit. Jerome Boateng is a, a player I think of who you know was so fearless as a, a young player. And yeah, he didn't quite settle in at Man City. I think that may have been more of a cultural thing. But 
now you can see it. It, it. Jerome Boateng feels like a considerably much older player. He overthinks a lot of times. He hasn't had any luck with injuries as well. But that fearlessness that he had that made him successful young is completely gone. Yeah. So for Fonzie, keeping hold of that um, and 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 be um, being able to to be as free and um, unstressed as he seems to be, I think that that'll be the key. Yeah, I mean, obviously the the exuberance of, of the youth is really important. At the same time. I'm sure he'll be reminded that he's not the complete player just yet, and and maybe that's the next step. He's got to get better, and right now he's fantastic. You know, we know he's one of the best left backs in world football. Maybe he moves further forward for Bayern Munich. Maybe he's not a fullback forever. But you know, as a as a coach, you look at him, you see the raw skill, and he's still raw. I think it's fair to say. Mm, yeah. How can he improve? If you're a coach, if you're Hansi Flick right now, what are you telling Alfonso Davies about next season? About what you need to work on? Well, I've spoken about this before as well. I think his short game needs improving. Just he can look, be a little bit sloppy at times with his short range passing, and just his understanding of of when to play clean and crisp. But then you add up all the other stuff that he's got: his dribbling, his longer range passing is good. I, I thought his defensive positioning was excellent yesterday at times there was a couple of times crosses were coming in from the opposite side and he was the last man on the weak side and his positioning was narrow and it was very very good and this is a guy that's only played left back for a year and a bit he's an out and out striker left winger that's his real position so for him to adapt okay he's probably watched loads of tape loads of video he's had a lot of time in Germany by himself or with the uh, technical coach tactical coach working side by side but that shows me he's, he has a, a, a soccer brain and that he can adapt wherever he needs to play. So it, we can critique on small things, whether it be his heading, yes, that needs improving. Could he be a little bit more dominant in the 18-yard box offensively and, and get a shot off instead of looking for a pass or a more clean across? Yeah, 100%. But majority of players in the world need that still. You should always want to improve. Do you see the um, comparisons with Gareth Bale as being fair? Because he was a he was a left back at Spurs, and then he moved forward slowly. And I'm not going to put you know on Alfonso Davies. You're going to be Gareth Bale. I mean, that's come on. Let's just take a breath here a little bit. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. But evolution of the footballer. You know, the older he got, the further forward he got in, on, on the pitch. Fair enough. Maybe. I think in that environment, to be honest, he has the potential to evolve much better than Gareth Bale. Because Bale got a move to a difficult place with a lot of pressure, a huge price tag on his head. And Davies has just signed that new contract to 2025. And to be honest, if he's healthy, I don't see another player coming in to challenge him for that position. He'll be allowed to, uh, to evolve, and it seems quite committed to that process personally himself. So I kind of see him maybe as a player evolving the way Sergio Aguero has in the sense of outstanding, of, you know, very early on, incredible raw talent. Um, and you could see him use uh, his athletic ability, sometimes take advantage of his athletic ability and put himself positionally in places where he knows he can he can cover and come back. And I think that's the difference between Hansi Flick and Niko Kovac. Kovac didn't trust that. You're not in the right position. Don't always trust your athletic ability to get back, but he's so successful at it, and he's smart enough now to, to uh, adjust and, and read the plays in, in, to make more calculated decisions maybe than he did at the beginning in playing left back. But Aguero is a player I feel like who has evolved into that position where he still remained, you know, over a decade now, one of the, one of the best strikers. He had to adapt with who's in the side and who's in the Sure, team. but he was always a striker. My, my, my point being just that as a left back, 
Gareth Bale became uh, an attacking player, right, and moved forward and, and isn't a left back anymore, right? So uh, we had to take a breath, though, at the same time, this poor kid, right? We're, yeah. we're mentioning Aguero and Bale and best left back in world football. Like, we had to take a breath, right, and, and let him find his way. We're just so hungry as Canadians to find a world-class footballer because, you know, maybe we've never had one before or, you know, not at this level perhaps. So should we let him just breathe a little bit and just give him time to progress? Because he'll have down seasons. He'll have down months. We can't freak out if Canada fail to qualify for Qatar and Fonzie, you know, isn't the Fonzie for Canada as he is for Bayern Munich because he hasn't got Robert Lewandowski beside him <laughs> or, or Thomas <laughs> Muller or Alaba or whoever, right? Well, that, be fair as well. That is the key thing for me now when, when we speak about his development and where can he grow and he's still 19 years old, but th- the pressure he's going to face is when he does return to Canada, when he is playing for the national team, when he is trying to help Canada qualify, wherever it be, for the the, the octagon, is it now? Or the, the octagon, yeah. octagon now, and hopefully getting through to the 2022 World Cup. They have a real chance. They have a real chance. The draw has been made now, and the the pathway looks a little bit more easier, and there's some clarity to what they need to do as a group now. But I think that's where you're going to face a little bit of pressure. But I still don't think he'll. I don't think it will affect him. Like he, he's just a jovial, a jovial kid who's just happy playing football at the moment. And I think that group and Herdman and his staff. They know how to manage it. They know how to get the best out of him. It's, the biggest question is, where do you play him? Yeah, We spoke about this last week. Where can he be effective? He's, he's not a left back, is he? I think he's going to be wasted at left back for Canada because you want him to be efficient at the opposite end. But if we don't have the quality at the back where he's very efficient as well to stop goals... There's a real balance of where you use him. You can put him anywhere. He can play where he wants, really, if you're John Herman. Fonzie, where do you want to play? We'll, we'll build around you. Right. Just don't play center forward because we've got Jonathan David. I do. Uh, I was at the match in Orlando when they lost to the States, and, and John Herdman took a lot of flack for starting him at left back, but it allowed Jonathan David and uh, Lucas Cavallini to be on the pitch. That was John Herdman's mindset. And yes, maybe you weren't able to use Davies to the max of his abilities, but did you not put the best 11 out there and, and have an opportunity to, to uh, allow your best players to, to play together? And I think that going forward maybe in this qualifying tournament we'll see i think that's how john herman's going to use him i think that he davies can still be hugely impactful from that left side and if it allows two you know proper forwards up front as well then it's great to have three players who can do that right uh, davies will make up the ground to be able to contribute in that position how does winning the champions league in the treble affect his stature with the team when he walks into the canadian dressing room he's already considered the best player right i think it's fair to say but there's some veterans in that team does it make it a significant difference is he now a leader in, the, in that room do you think because he's won the Champions League no I think he's a leader on the field which is different when you're on the pitch the older vets will look after him and, and look up to him to be that difference maker but off of the field and I, I expect Alfonso to understand this as well is that the vets will be the leaders and the guys that you'll respect and seeing them on the training field and see how they interact it's a very close tight unit um, and they're a good group and they have their banter and they'll give him 
a lot of shit and stick about being the best player, best left back in the world. He'll have a bad touch or have a shot that's like gone 100 yards over the bar and they'll be giving him best player in the world, my ass, all stuff like that. So that's usual football banter that will go on and he'll be used to that because it seems that at Bayern they have a very good locker room as well. They do. Very tight-knit, very uh, um, jovial as well when it needs to be, but they look after each other. And that's how I see Canada as well. They're very, they're very much like that. Friends. They, they, Friends. They, they really do seem like they, they like each other um, throughout the squad. And I attended a couple of training sessions, Canada training sessions, uh, back in the day when Charm and I were working at the score. And then from seeing these two training sessions in those games against the United States, there was a very clear raise in, in quality and intensity. And I yeah. think that well, he has a huge part to play in that. He's training with Bayern Munich every single day. So he's going to bring this expectation and bring this level that the players around him have to match. And for Canada, that is huge. That's how you move forward. And you always, I'm sure, tell you the kids, to, if you have the opportunity to play with older and better players, take it every single time. You want to be playing against players that are better than you. It's how you elevate your own game. And Canada's doing that with him. Do you know if uh, the various Canadian sports highlight shows led with it yesterday do you know i do I, not I didn't know watch. actually um the news that i watched at 11 o'clock the headline for the sports was about alfonso and the raptors okay yeah raptors fast too didn't they so within toronto first sweep yeah. for the raptors so that may have been the lead yeah i mean i don't want to just go out and start attacking the various news shows <laughs> but i mean i'm assuming that he, he was up there near the top yeah, Alfonso was on that for sure. Yeah, okay, good, good. I wonder now when the Lumash awards are handed out, are they going to bother voting? <laughs> it's December. They should save the uh, whatever the Zoom fees are and not have the conference. <laughs> I got into it on Twitter about this because I've been on this case with Atiba for a long time, yeah. you know, and uh, how, how he's been ignored. Now it's just completely shame, shameful that the, the hierarchy of Canadian sports journalists have ignored him for so long, with the exception of the Stephen Brunts of the world who have pushed his agenda I know he has in, in those meetings but hasn't even made the final which has been ridiculous um, I, I do hope they do the right thing this time around because I mean okay there's, there's some great performances from Canadians I understand that this year but from a global perspective there's no comparison this is a guy for the Chiefs I forget his name now he's gone back into the healthcare for COVID he's a great, great story fantastic athlete love that story but listen this is the best athlete the best sports person mm. right it has to be Alfonso this year but anyway is there, is there Lou Marsh this year is there going uh, to be uh, yeah I think there is it hasn't it's been, been confirmed uh, well it's not usually a um, like an, an event is it it's not there's not an award it's ceremony not a, it's not, so it's not, it's not they, they wouldn't be prevented personality. from being able to award it there's, there's no reason yeah there's no what, what, it's what, like a footballer's writers award yeah exactly just you know like a press release kind of goes out I think is, is what it is and is Christine Sinclair ever won it she won it in 2012 but that was the Olympics right and the Olympics is looked at under a very different lens than club football Yes. Yeah. Right. She she won it and they got a bronze medal and she redefined women's soccer, soccer maybe in general in this country. She deserved it 100%. But for a club guy who's done it for his club on arguably the biggest club stage in the world in any sport, come on, give it to him. Simple as that. And that would, to me, acknowledge that the mainstream media is finally coming around mm. and understanding this sport. You'd but have my vote. Maybe I'm asking too much. But I'll never have one. Could Fonzie uh, possibly play in the Olympics next year? Well, that's the thing. So so we were looking at this before. So March would have been the qualifying. It would have started in this past March. Obviously, it was cancelled. Um, so I'm assuming they'll get back to it next March. And at that point, both Fonzie and David had, had were unavailable because they weren't FIFA windows. So their clubs could say uh. no. So for qualifying, it's like basketball, right? 
yeah. all the top players aren't available for the qual. <laughs> Maybe they should be, but they're not available for the qualifying. However, if they do qualify, that would be some team, wouldn't it, for the Olympics? Clubs have to release them if they qualify for the Olympics. Well, it'd be Olympics would be out of season anyway, right? Mm, we hope so. We, well, yeah, good <laughs> point. Yeah, right. Well, good point. I wonder. The whole calendar is a mess as they prepare for Qatar, right? It's so the, the club between so COVID confused. and the club calendar in general, making a shift to accommodate that Winter World Cup. I wonder if COVID's made it a bit easier, actually, to force that shift, but it really is going to provide some scheduling conflicts for these clubs and these players. I don't know what's happening football-wise as far as the calendar is. It seems there's games from somewhere every single day. There it I know has preseason's been. officially begun for, for most European teams. Ligun kicked off this past weekend. Unreal. Eredivisie kicked off this past weekend. Give us a chance to catch our own breath. So, so do we... Are you enjoying football every single day? Yes. With this? Yep. Yeah? See, I, I need a bit of downtime through the summer, you know, and watch MLS once a week. That's nice. I've been enjoying it because COVID sucked. But overall, I would much rather we have the seasons traditionally how they were so I can at least, you know, get my family back during the summer. <laughs> I'm the I'm big, not sure they agree with that. I'm but. the biggest loser ever, though, because I'll watch whatever game You're is You're one of those on. guys, right? No like, matter what? Yesterday, I watched... Well, I watched the Champions League, but I watched Benfica U19s in the semi-final against Ajax. Professionally, are you though, scouting not though? No, I just you just want to watch. Just want to like I like watching younger games as well. The U19s, U23s. So Does your wife ever complain? Does, does Claire no, ever complain? No, she, I mean, she's known you obviously in football from day one. Yeah, she knows I'm a loser. So yeah, that's true. But I like I I like watching <laughs> the U19s and U23s from other countries to get comparison of where our boys are at here and. I know they're a long way off, but to see and get a good gauge to see, are we that far off? But Benfica, <laughs> the U19s yesterday were unbelievable, were they? Uh, do you believe the rumors of them going after these big money strikers? They were no. so close, it seemed like, to landing Edison Cavani, depending on no, who you read. No, I don't and believe now it. Now it's Diego Costa. Uh, it's, it must just be to get headlines. Yeah. I mean, What's it's Cavani so, worth now? He's getting old. But it's so unbrand for them to, uh, to do that, to, do that, to yeah. go for expensive older players. I mean... You know, every now and then, maybe an older Portuguese guy, but I don't, I don't see it with these famed frontmen who seem destined, you know, for a, a big contract in the Middle East or yeah. You, usually, it's every summer they'll sell someone for seventy-five million, and exactly. then some new kid coming through who's just as good, and they'll do the same thing next year. They're not writing checks for three hundred thousand euros no. a week. The world's gone mad, B. The world is mad. The football world has gone mad. I'm just glad I was able, you know, available to be able to join you, and that. Uh, Gord Sweetser was unavailable or whoever else, <laughs> your, your old mate from primary school, your old rugby teammate, couldn't answer the call today. You were our first choice in Craig's absence. Well, right? thank you very much. Is that right, Dan? Uh, I'd like to say yes. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not trustworthy. I'm not trustworthy and Dan I'm just, inscrutable. Dan just wanted to, <laughs> wanted to know from a professional. So what do you mean that Atletico Madrid have a team in Ottawa? <laughs> How did that happen? A steak dinner. A steak dinner in Spain, that's literally how it happened. We've got, we got to get down an Atletico Ottawa top because he's an Ottawa boy. Yeah, that's it. We've got to like get him that. a top. Proper like one with all, the red and white stripes. Vertical, vertical Proper stripes. Like stripes, which is good for, for... Well, and I'd also like to tell people that if you're watching on YouTube, which you can't see right now, but if you do later on this week or next... Instead of Craig's lunch kit, you get Danny's <laughs> lunch kit. Have a, it's wonderful. Have a poll. I, I never knew an Italian-English lunch kit was so beautiful. 
And I, I'm, I, I, sponsored. It's sponsored. Lysol sponsored. <laughs> sponsored by Lunchables. <laughs> Whose lunch kit would you rather see? That's the, Danny that's or Craig? Be on Instagram. It's Craig's or Danny's lunch kit. <laughs> Which one holds up next in professional you know, lunch kits? Yeah, that's a good point. There's a reel to be made about that. That's right. That's it's the name of the pod this week, the lunch kit. <laughs> lunch kit, yep. <laughs> uh, speaking of beverages, can can I crack this Amsterdam you beer? You certainly can. Of course, you can. Yeah, I've been doing my bone shaker mixes this week with my bone shaker beer. Delicious. DJ Danny, DJ back on the mix. Mellow By the way, French league, league one. How did uh, Johnny do? He was quiet. I didn't see that game. Three minutes started um, up front by himself. Um, it was one-one with Ren, and uh, you know he wasn't that involved. I think just twelve touches. Yeah, um, but. First game, who cares, right? It's going to take yeah. a while. I was asking, actually, um, Craig. Craig's goalkeeper is different, but Terry yesterday. How long does it take usually to settle into a team? I mean, for you personally, when you move clubs, did it take, was it a question of four or five games, ten games? What was it? How are you feeling off the field? For a so, striker, like, like, like Jonathan David. Yeah, it's a little bit different for a striker, but just to give you perspective, out of the nine teams I played for, Six of them I scored on my debut. Debut boy, nice. So it's always nice to score on your debut because you kind of Pressure are welcomed in right? straight away. And and then there was one team, Preston, I didn't score for like seven months. I assisted a lot of goals. And the fans luckily were very good to me in that sense. But there's times when you, you do everything you can and you can't put the ball in the back of the net. And trying too hard. Trying okay. too hard. But... uh it depends how long you have had with that team. Like if you've gone for a preseason with them, you settle in pretty quickly because you get in with the team spirit. You're away for a, a little amount of time, and then. But if you're brought in middle of the season, it's a little bit tougher. Yeah, did you move clubs middle of the season? I went on loan a couple of times in the middle of the season. Uh, yeah, that. That's about it. Yeah, that was about it. That's so strange. You know, for the first half of the season, you know, something's gone wrong, clearly, and you're going to be moving. And then to join a club in January and try and, you know, feel comfortable and win over your teammates and the fans, that's why it so really works. Yeah, having to move home. Yeah. Pack up home, take the kids out of school, move to a different town. It must be easier if you're a defender, right, to change clubs, wouldn't you think? Because no one's looking at you to do anything. Just do your job. Play it safe. Well, I don't know about that. As opposed to a striker. I think I think defenders would feel a ton of pressure, especially coming in midway through, don't you think? If you're a disaster, sure. But if you're a striker, you're looking at one thing and one thing only, right? Goals. Hmm. Unless you've got a sophisticated fan base like Preston. Right? <laughs> they understand the, uh, the, the hard work. Can you please play in some testimonial that I can do play-by-play for so I can say debut Dicchio? For sure. When you when you bag a goal? You need to get fit for us. I still M- got to work don't on do that. testimonials, do they? MLS teams. No, no, there's been a not maybe not official, but Dwayne Di Rosario had a retirement match. Yeah, it wasn't a testimonial of kind. It was it was charity match. It was a yeah. charity match. He invited a lot of ex players that he played with right. from Houston, TFC, New York, some celebrities over as well. It was a good day. There wasn't a lot of fans there, which because it was before one of the first team. Tommy games. didn't seem like it. Catered to getting the attention that yeah, it didn't. in the moment. Plus, over here, people don't understand that concept. I don't think either. Over, overseas testimonials are a big deal. They're to raise money originally for the player. Now yeah. it's for charity, right? I know what Dwayne's trying rich. to set up. He's trying to set up a Masters League here. 
which would be would you play in that? Interesting. Yeah, I'd play in that. You would, eh? But you're always whining about your back and stuff. Yeah, but you don't have to run around as much in the Masters. You're playing five v five, and he'd be and he'd be whining because he's playing with us in these games that we're talking about. But <laughs> yeah. against Masters, how, well, how would you qualify for a Master to become a Master? You got to be an ex-professional. I th- like in England, when you play at the Masters, you have to be over a certain age, so it's normally over forty-five. But a former pro, former pro, or that, can play. a former pro that played for that club. Oh, for that club. Yeah. So how would it work over here? So MLS. Oh, within MLS, MLS over yeah, North MLS. America. Yeah. So Dwayne's so, trying so to set that up. Let's do this. The best five TFC. I'm going to say this is Deech, a, uh, over 45, Stevie, right? Over 45. Rowan. Rowan okay. will be there. Ricky's there for sure. They'd have to be cl- like living here. Deet, Dwayne wrote. Can we get Robbo? He's in New Zealand, so that'd be tough. Uh, Jimmy. Greg Sutton. I was thinking. Yeah. There aren't many options for for goal, right? Because who, who's played for TFC? Oh, Dita. You mean Cesar. I mean Cesar, Cesar sorry. Cesar. Cesar. Did he just say Dida? Yeah. He did say Dida. AC Milan. Got my uh, Inter and AC Milan mixed up there. Yeah, um, yeah Julio Cesar on goal. He's got to be over 45 now, hasn't he? Yeah, he would be. Close to. But this is going to be expensive to put together. How many of these guys have you named that are represented by Kia Drabatian? <laughs> yeah. How old is Marvel Who's also now? Canadian. Marvel. I saw him last year. Marv, he's around 40 now. Colin Samuel. I'd like to see the size of Colin Samuel now. <laughs> Lauren Robert. <laughs> Lauren Robert. His kids meant to be unbelievable in France oh, at really? the moment. Plays for Montpellier, yeah. Really? Really. They really fell off Montpellier yeah. after winning the title and having Giroud. It seemed like... Got rid of everyone. Great. Here's another club that's... But yeah, just they, they let everyone go. Very Florida Marlins-like. I was Could have TR as our head coach. Yeah, you, of course. Could you imagine? Next, yeah. Superb. Oh. Hey, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. You want to play over there? Sure. Hey, get the fast guy to play the wings. Pitch the ball. Hey, he's never played left back, but look I, at him today. You know I think we got to. It's going to be over 40, not 45, because I mean, just how old TFC is, it's going to be hard That's to find over 45s, right? Yeah. No, you could do it. But Jimmy's not even in the side if it's over 45. He's not, is he 45? He's no. Not 45, Jimmy's about 43, yeah. He's You're a not 45, years. are you? Yeah. You were 45 this year? this year? Yeah. Wow. Getting old. Five years away from the big milestone, guys. You look good, though, man. Can Jump. we have a big DJ party when you do turn 50? Jumping over Niagara Falls when I'm 50. <laughs> hey, it's a long way to go yet. <laughs> it's a long way to go yet. You're and, not there yet. And don't do that. Stick around because we've got the World Cup in 2020. True. Okay? Yeah, i got to stay for so that. So do it at 55. All right. When you don't get to officially retire when you'd want to and when the commercials tell you you should. <laughs> I would watch Masters, though, a Masters League. I would. Uh, I remember when With laughter or... What's that? With laughter 100%, or? Just the, the state of this. <laughs> Look at the Jesus Christ. You were never quick, but this is ridiculous. Like an old cart horse. <laughs> I, I did not think we'd be speaking about this, but this is actually very exciting. It is I exciting. Think about isn't it? some of the faces and some of the and names. Dero's not 45 either. No, he's not. Not even close. No, but he looks 50. <laughs> he's not 45, but he looks no 50. gray hairs, though. Yeah. Julian uh, isn't 40. No, you can't do 45. It's got to be 40. It's got to be 40. Okay. Well, how about 38? Over 38? No, it's going to be 40. 40. Life begins. Dwayne's sorting it out, so ask him. He's trying to arrange it. Carlos Valderrama. Yeah. Let's get some, you know, Jaime Moreno. Pirlo. Oh, yeah. Pirlo, yeah. You can get Lampard and Gerrard. All oh, the ex-Premier League players. LA, Ebra, would have a, LA would have a fire team. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Abel Xavier. Oh, the big bunts, the to, blonde uh, hair. Robbie Keane. Wow, Man, this is going to be the best thing ever. We should ask our <laughs> listeners to put to put together yeah. the best five teams of like Toronto, over forty, over forty, yeah, over forty, New Masters. York, L.A. Well, New York's yeah, two New York. You get two New Yorks, I think. Yeah, 
because you, you want if you're going to have Pirlo and Lampard and David Villa for NYC, then you you've got to have I you know Red Bulls, so I think I'm putting money on New York FC right now in yeah. this Masters. They're the youngest. Yeah, yep, exactly. Although Galaxy, decent, right? But would Beckham, Beckham in there? But would Beckham be allowed to play for the Galaxy, or would he have to play for Miami? Mm. He didn't play for in Miami. So he has to play for Galaxy. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Might be a conflict of interest there, Danny. A little bit. That'd be like you playing for TSN. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be all up for that, to <laughs> And just shave. This has taken a turn, but this has got me really thinking. Harder than I've ever thought on this podcast before, which isn't saying much. Yeah. But this is great. <laughs> <laughs> Who would be next to Schweinsteiger and Blanco well, at remember, Chicago you were, Fire? I don't think you yeah. were here, Deitch. You remember when um, Liverpool and United came over the Masters teams, right? With Jan Mulby and Paul Parker. Was that Norman at side. Uh Yeah, it was. Um, it was just... The, um, who was? Oh, there's so many. There's just all these legends coming over and they play this one match. And they're all on the piss the night before. 11 v 11 or 5 v 5? 11 v 11. Oh, no, no, sorry. It was 5 v 5. And it was the ACC. Oh, okay. Oh, Back then it was yeah. ACC. Did they have walls up then? Oh, See, I've not seen this 5 v 5. Yeah, yeah. The Masters is walls as well. Like the hockey boards? Like hockey boards, yeah. Wow. So essentially, they're, they're, are they then playing arena football? Yep. Ah. This, that, that changes everything. Yeah. Have you done that before? I played in a cage once. It's tough. So you have no quality as it is. But adding the wall as an element totally changes yeah. things up. It's another man. You're playing give and goes. It's bloody hard work, let's be honest. The ball never stops, right? It's always in play. Really hard work. A lot of running involved. Uh, so much running involved in, in uh, the smaller pitches. And then 7v7 yeah. is what sure, most sharp of the leagues stuff, are yeah. here, right? So but Sharman has put himself in goal to avoid doing I any am. running. Yeah, we're playing for one soccer now. Yeah, uh, yep. Deport- uh, Union Deportivo won soccer. That's right. Sorry, is that what it's called? That's the club name. Okay, fair Got enough. no shirts yet, but they will be Atletico at some point. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't know. And you're <laughs> playing tonight for the first time, right? I'm playing. I'm making my debut. For well, Union there's a lot of <laughs> expectations uh-huh. on your V. Is that on TV? I've got the hair though, don't I? Yeah, yeah. You got it all. I'm not calling this one. I'll just be yelling. You got all the gear. Yeah, you certainly have the gear. You look good when you come out there. <laughs> that's and then, it's the, then the massive disappointment hits. I've played. I know that. That, that but that's my trick. Everyone's got their thing, right? Dickio's got the height. Stevie's got the accent. There's something that's going to intimidate everyone. For me, it's always like mark that guy. Number. He's wearing the Ronaldo shirt. Number seven. He's got the hair. Ronaldo shirt. Bruno. He's got his socks up over his knees. He's got his hair gelled back. This guy's a fucking player. I think the bigger thing is getting Sharms and Dunlop. In a fitness test, you know how they have those oh. fitness tests—the six, you know, the shuttle Charmin, run. But Charmin wins without a doubt. Uh, that well, would be fantastic. I run like a four hundred pound man. No, you're slow. <laughs> you're slow, but you're fit. <laughs> COVID has been very hard on Dunlop. Have you seen him? No, he's not COVID. Chips. That, I've he's run in like, his basement, whacking it. Longer. <laughs> I've won like that. I run like that since I was eight years old. It's not a new thing. Just I'm uh, the medium tops. I now have to cave in and get the order the Asian large. Dude, you look great in suits, though. I have to give you that. Thank Your you. ass doesn't show in suits like it normally does in shorts. I think if we had a uh, fitness test from Footy Prime, I think Craig would be in trouble. Oh, 100% Craig. Yeah. All the uh, tobacco in those lungs. Or the vape? Or vape now. I mean, he's the, vaping the previous on camera. 20, but the previous 25 years of tobacco is still oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah. We should, we should get him to do a race. Remember Sid done the race on uh, Sportsnet? <laughs> we're in the same outfit. Yeah, with uh, the outfit. He was wearing that cycling outfit. We should get him and Sid to do a race. <laughs> 
Who would win? Craig Forrest or Sid Six Zero? Well, Craig, I think Craig would be still quick and stuff. Well, quick for a big guy. He would pull but something. It's, it's the, uh, would, it's yeah. the endurance would be an issue. Yeah, he's <laughs> not like we'd have to keep it under a twenty. You know, they're like forty yard dash, twenty, and there's got to be dash. there's got to be like a vape at the end of the like a, all you know laid out for him. At the end of that twenty, you get to smoke something, do whatever you want. Yes, <laughs> inject, you can mainline, do whatever you like. Just get to that twenty. Here's the thing, though, and the older players say this all the time. Obviously, they're not doing the cardio that you did as a player, but you absolutely have the quality. And in the moment, especially against someone that you really want to stick it to, you find that extra gear. It really comes out. I played in a, a match with uh, Dickio and Caldwell and, and Dwayne Di Rosario once, that, the Robbie tournament, five years ago. And I'd just come on the pitch, obviously, off the subs bench. I was sat next to uh, Canadian women's hockey legend Natalie Spooner. I'm like, we're never getting in. Just as I say that, ah, uh, bench! Uh, best be Natalie. Natalie, yeah, Natalie comes. And she goes out there to run the left wing, and then I go on for Rowan Ricketts. And I'm just taking the field at Birchmount. I'm like, I can't believe I've just come on for Rowan Ricketts in a real game. <laughs> no, can he? Before I even get yeah. to the position, Dwayne De Rosario has the ball ga- in first the middle. It's not a real game. Yes, Sorry. it was for me. It's 11 v 11. Let me tell the goddamn story. Sean. It was 11 v 11 game. 11 v 11. Dick, I think for some reason, were, were you playing at the back? I thought we were on the same side, but I, f- I could hear you behind me. So I just come on, and you said, get in the position, as I'm just attempting to cement myself. Um, D-Row looks and sees, oh, all this space on the side. He lays a beautiful ball for someone who can run. <laughs> I jump on a horse as best I can to try and get to it. D-Row literally yells, go for it. Run. I am, I am running as fast <laughs> as I bloody well can. Forrest is in goal. And for, I can, he's laughing as he sees me sprint. And he goes, come on, Dunny. This is your bloody chance. This is literally your only chance. The defender, who is 60 yards away from the ball, and I'm only 15. And, and no 300 pounds. That before. defender was 300. No, no, he wasn't. No, it was, this defender was quite quick. Was but he realized. He's like, I can close down this 60 yards quicker than he can close down that 10. So he comes out to challenge me for it. I get there just a step ahead of him. I go, you know what? Nutmeg. I'm going to nutmeg it and have a chance to go at charms. Of course, I got rid of the ball, and Dwayne never passed to me again. <laughs> Hell of a Sunday, though. Let me yeah, tell it was you. a real game. It was a real game. Telling your kids one day, I remember that real game I played with those professionals. Telling my kids? I tell strangers on the TTC. <laughs> uh, exhibition, exhibition, charity games, they suck. Are you that guy oh, from the Robbie? God. Yeah, Robbie 2015, Birchmount. Yeah, that's you. Played in that team. That's you. You scored... Last year in a game, the five-a-side BMO charity that we right. played in. A couple of times. And I couldn't believe we lost to your team. And that was my last game I ever played. I walked off. <laughs> fucking Dunlop scored against us. He's got his feet on the wrong way round. <laughs> it was great because I'd, I'd, I'd come on the pitch. And he, yeah. t- he takes one look at me. And it, the same like goes to compliment how great my hair is. And he looks at my feet and he goes... What are you wearing on your damn boots? <laughs> you look like an idiot. They were like orange and flaming. Red. They were, they were new He's Eugene well. Levy in Best in Show. That man has two left feet. <laughs> I remember my, my, I think my last charity game, um, I was in the locker room getting, getting dressed. It was actually the Oakville 40th anniversary or whatever it was. It was a great event, actually. I'm in the locker room getting changed beside Adam Van, Van Koberden the Olympic kayaker, who's this ridiculous machine of a human being. <laughs> and there was some NHL guy beside me. So I think it may have been Steve Montador. Yeah, the late Steve Montador, right? Been. Great yep. guy. 
And they're both, we're getting changed, and off come the shirts. <laughs> Fucking hell. Like, I'm like, look at me. Like, I Someone am, turn the lights off, please. Yeah, please. Like, this is not how a man should look. That is how a man should look. You know, please don't let my wife see this because she will leave me in a second. In a second, this melting ice cream, you know, and there's fucking Adam Van Coverden. And then, then within about 10 minutes, I blew my knee out and I thought I'd buckle my leg, actually. My, my cleats got stuck in the turf, went over, and I, I was on the ground. And in the end, Adam Van Coverden, like just carries me off the field. <laughs> I never felt so pathetic in my life. You're missing a key element that I know made this worse for your ego. Screaming like a girl? Oh, should I say girl? Like no, a this, it wasn't Oakville. This was uh, for that music festival. And I was, was doing, that Rock the Pitch? I was doing commentary. Oh, that's the one. Yes, that's the one. So I'm over the, loud, I'm over the loudspeaker at Lamport Stadium. And I have no it's idea Lamport, how hurt yeah, yeah. he is, obviously. I, I couldn't see it. it. It looked rather innocent. So I'm just taking the piss about how Charmin always gets injured in these games. Or he just doesn't have I the do. fitness for 90 minutes, so he wants time. to make it look. And then I recognize the seriousness. Is Adam Vancouverden looks like he's just seen a ghost or seen you know blood, uh, some horror scene. It's like, oh, that c- could be bad. <laughs> Charmin texting me from the hospital. Yeah, that's uh, it's done. I thought I did my leg. I've done my ankle here, but yeah, thanks for taking the piss out of me, you ACL. asshole. <laughs> Yeah, fun, fun. That is one thing with charity games that I've played in. If like, there's always vets like us that have played the game. But if you have guys that from a media or celebrities that come on, they are the number one da- most dangerous player to be near, and they are the players that always get injured. Yeah, because for s- for some reason, you're like rabbits caught in the headlights. Like you, you just have no control over your body we as don't. you're turning <laughs> or like running or and it's fucking hilarious for us to live I mean, it's like, like I almost I mean I told this story before but I, I, I took <laughs> down Paul Stolteri was that the same tournament it was not different it was one not. right but it, no, you was, know what it was no wonder you're banned from tournaments yeah, no it was the Robbie both Julian and Jonathan de Guzman were playing yeah it was the Robbie and you're watching the these, these graceful athletes right and this is just a few months before a World Cup qualifier is when, when, when Paul was still playing for Canada and I just lunged in for a tackle, right? Lunged in like, you know, media guy so slow and I just caught him and he went down hard and he, he popped up, he wanted to kill me. And I said, <laughs> fuck off, it's a fucking charity game, calm down. But I'm thinking, he's playing in a World Cup qualifier in a few months' time, he's a yeah. professional and this disgusting, fat journalist <laughs> on TV almost ended his career. Afterwards, it was fine, we made up. But it's just that because when you see any of these true athletes, you know, just gracefully floating past you you feel like you, just, you have no pace you have no quickness it's, it's a huge difference yeah. so as, mad, as bad as you feel watching <laughs> us play hey we feel <laughs> in the ice tubs afterwards yeah. you, or the hospitals heard, have you heard of the Charmin dream this is be, this became a thing of the it's score a recurring it's, dream yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's it, it started with we were doing the world cup and working every day Charmin comes in the next day and says I had a dream I was playing for England Oh, amazing. Yeah, but I was myself. Like, I was my own abilities. And you were in the England team at 2010, right? The golden, golden generation yep. for England. And so whenever you feel like you're in a position that you don't have the qualities to be in, that's the Charmin dream. Yeah. I have it frequently for, uh, for hockey. Right? I, I can barely skate. All joking aside, I can, I can straight in a straight line. I can't cross over. I'm terrible. I have a recurring dream that I'm playing for the Leafs as myself. And I actually end up scoring a goal in this dream, but I'm just stumbling around, falling on my ass. And it's like, what does that mean? It means something, right? Any kind of dream means snubs. never ever play sports. <laughs> I love sports. <laughs> Do you have any rugby dreams? 
Um, oh yeah, he has a lot <laughs> of those. <laughs> playing in my dad's best. You know, I don't actually 13. have uh, have uh, dreams about rugby for some reason. Maybe because I could actually get around a rugby field and not look too stupid. Huh. God. Where is this podcast going? Today? Do we have time for one quick story? Yeah. I, I don't think Dickio played in this game for York Nine when they were just kicking things off in Aurora. I think it was the last thing that Jimmy Brennan did. He put together this charity media we, tournament. We, we have time for one long story if you really want to get into <laughs> it's it. A, it's a medium-sized story from a below-average player. Um, so I, I'm privileged to be in this team. I have no idea who else is playing beyond a, a couple of guys. I get there, and in the room is a bunch of ex-Canadian internationals. Jamie Peters is next to me. Um, Fonseca was there. Uh, Terry was in the room. And Jimmy. Jimmy gives us great team talk before. We're in the change room. We've got warm-up tops and kits. It was the first time I'd seen the York 9 logo. And uh, he, he, uh, he names the 11, and he's got me in, in the middle. Oh, wow, okay. So I got the warm-up, and now I need to warm up with some real intensity. Like I'm, I've got to make these three minutes last here before, you know, I, I <laughs> get the shepherd's hook. Sub myself off for Adrian Sirio or someone who's going to just have considerably better athletic ability than me and take over the midfield. So we warm up, go back in the change room, change tops, come back out, and Jimmy is taking this very seriously. I, I feel as though he also was playing on the wing. He's playing high up on the wing. And he turns around and looks at the 11 and he looks at me and he goes, Donny, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I said, <laughs> I looked at my shoes immediately and I went, what do you mean? And he looks at the bench and he goes, Dunfield. Like, ah, uh, that <laughs> <Donnie>. not me. <laughs> so I immediately switched with Terry, and Terry goes, I thought maybe, did, like, what pictures do you have of him that you got in this 11? No idea how that worked out. Oh, I'd love a good, uh, seven total minutes. I'd love to see that, the video of that warm up, Donnie, with your intensity. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. I've made the high, team. High knees, <laughs> butt, kicks, butt, butt kicks, little yeah. sprints. <laughs> A's and B's. You say sprints, but they're, they're just movements. <laughs> movements, yeah. It's amazing. Some of those charity games were actually played at BMO Field back in the day when it was a public space when TFC oh, was yes. right first year. It was turf. Oh god! And, uh, yeah, you got some stories, Deesh, about that. You know, first year TFC professional team in in Major League Soccer. Quite the story about town. <laughs> And your training? <laughs> well, first of all, we trained at multiple places in Toronto because in the first couple of years, obviously, the, the stadium was city-owned. So we had to actually book a schedule for when the first team who played at the stadium and who brought in the most revenue wanted to actually train. So I found that very weird at first. I'm like, we don't have a training ground, so we have to train on the turf, which I had no idea it was turf in the first place before I came over to Canada. That was a, another big surprise. Way to research your new club. Yeah. Uh, how, did it, how did it look when you first saw it? It looked beautiful. It looked like fucking Wembley, the grass. But then I found out there's black pebbles in it. Like, it's this fucking plastic <laughs> turf. They get everywhere, don't they? Oh, everywhere. Still removing Still them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so... It was a couple of weeks into the training sessions and if you call them training sessions back in those days, what we did, <laughs> mo fucking smashing mo balls there. everywhere. Yeah. But So I noticed that towards the end of every training session, there was like a group of people assembling on the sidelines. And I thought they were like fans or fans had been let in to watch our training sessions. But then after a, a couple of weeks or so, I started noticing... Women with strollers 
babies in the strollers, uh, men with like headbands on and looking like they were going to do fucking yoga or something, and guys starting to moan and like point at their watch, going, hey, hey. There was fucking ultimate frisbee and yoga sessions, and, and they were trying to kick us off from our training sessions. Did they have any idea who you were? The, the people waiting? No fucking idea. I don't think they even knew we had a f- football team back Probably in those days. They, they were more worried about their ultimate frisbee or their kiddie yoga session that was meant to be going on in our 18-yard box that me and Mo were just smashing balls about five minutes before. And they had the audacity to tell us, we've booked this from 12 till 1. <laughs> I said... I don't, well, made, I don't know if I've made the right music. move here. Welcome to Toronto, <laughs> Danny D. You know what? The irony is 12 years later, you're still here. Still here. Beautiful yeah, country. Can we just celebrate how much the game has grown in a short period of time? That that was Danny's first experience. And then all of our experience on Sunday was watching a Canadian in the Champions League final, winning yeah. it and winning the treble with one of the biggest clubs in the world. We're making steps, that's for sure. Yeah. Let's, let's embrace this. Come a Got long way. Those stories. Come a long way. Oh, there's plenty more. But you need a you need a book. <laughs> yeah. you need a book. You need a yep. book around the side of the head. Yep. Well, well. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably wrap it up now, I guess. Any more stories? <laughs> shall we save it for next time? Craig's away. Yeah. What's he doing? Golf today? He's on golfing, his only yeah. day off. Yeah. Well, that's that's way outside. Like Craig spends days off. Yeah. It's his happy place. He works half days. I'm gonna <laughs> hammer him later on. Huh? He's working very hard. After what for thirty minutes? <laughs> I'm gonna hammer him. He's a really focused. The research sure. you don't understand. What are you in management? You don't understand the research. You think Craig research? <laughs> Let me tell you, there's a lot of Wikipedia pages to read about this league. Okay. He asked me who was in the Europa League final last week. Two minutes before we were going on. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I didn't realize. Like, Th- those two well, semifinals, I completely forgot about. By the way, I, 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 I watched them football. because they're one-offs, and I really enjoyed them. The Europa League, I usually can give or take it, you know. And, um, give obviously, or take it. You never, you never give No, it. I really mean? Well, with Liverpool won it once. I cared that year. Oh, okay. He's, um, he was very hurt, though. And I think you were hurt. Europa? I was doing Europa on Sportsnet for many, many years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Thursdays. Wow. It's Dinamo Kiev against uh, Dinamo Was I had the chance and, to... And some, some awful events happened, and they've had to you know, suspend the game. Yeah. It happened over and over again. It was just I had, brutal. Had the Otherwise, chance. they would have both been at the gym, working out A's and B's, yeah. stretching. <laughs> yeah, for That's sure. That's what you guys would have been doing. Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> I had the chance to be in Warsaw for the final uh, one year, 2015, I think it was, and the final ended up being Sevilla and Dnipro. Well, of course, Sevilla with X or whatever it was. Dinamo Dnipro? Dnipro. And I thought, mm, I don't know if it's worth it. And I had to do some like insane flight from Dublin to Marrakesh to some other town in Poland and then a train. <laughs> it was like 22 <laughs> hours from Toronto. I would have got there an hour and 15 minutes before kickoff. I thought, if it was anyone other than Dnipro, I might have done it. But yeah. I didn't do it. You didn't you, do if, it. If, if UEFA do the right thing, and then obviously at some point they'll go back to two legs for the Champions League because it's money, the broadcasters demand it. But for the Europa League, make it a big bracket, knockout football, FA Cup style, March yeah. Madness style. People will watch that. They It'll will be watch that. It'll be incredible. Before we go, though, can, because Danny's just explaining the trip he went on to Warsaw, or he was going to go on to Warsaw. Can you explain the trip that you missed out on this year, Danny? Oh, yeah. The, the multiple trips, sorry. Yeah, so COVID has... Uh, really kicked you in the bollocks. Right, yeah. It ruined a lot of uh, what would have been great experiences for a lot of people. Uh, March 11th is the day that COVID started for a lot of people when Rudy Gobert got COVID and the NBA shut down the world. 
Uh, I was supposed to leave for Italy that day, actually. Um, I was going to go see Juventus in the Champions League against Lyon. I was going to see uh, AC Milan and Roma at the San Siro. And then I was going to see to Munich. I was going to fly home from Germany after seeing Chelsea and uh, Alfonso Davies in the Champions League. But that didn't happen. So <laughs> hopefully in the near future, yeah. I'll get how another many, chance to discover how, Italy. How many people have died now of COVID globally? How many is it? Uh, 800,000? Eight, around 800. Approaching. Yeah. yeah. But yet the biggest victim is still Dunlop. Yeah. It's still tragic. Is. Well, it was a good trip. It would have been a great trip. Yeah. It's a proper football boy, football lads trip. I, that would be a great football lads trip. I've been very fortunate to take a few of those. I saw Villa in the FA Cup final, although they were throttled by Arsenal. Saw Portugal. Uh, I saw Portugal. That, I was, was, in, that was a I good was, one, yeah, obviously. I was there in Paris That's to see that. That's a lifetime job. Absolutely unbelievable. And you know what? You, you were talking about Davies uh, when it looked like he took a knock. I thought, oh, God, he could be off. I thought, not again. I watched Ronaldo leave with moths attacking his beautiful face <laughs> in Paris. And now I'm going to see Alfonso Davies leave in this match as I sit in the one soccer newsroom watching this on a monitor. Come on. By the way, have you seen the uh, Nicholas Anelka documentary on Netflix. No, but the trailer is phenomenal. It's pretty good. C'est le bon film. You know, I'll tell you what, before this documentary, I always assumed that, you know... Incredible Sulk. He's a... Le Sulk, yeah. He was a miserable, you know, not a team player, someone you just want to punch in the face. And after this movie, I actually think that he's he's a Sulk who I want to punch in the face. Still? I knew his brother pretty well. He was on the DJ circuit back in London. His brother's actually played a prominent role in the the documentary. And he was a bit of a dick as well. No, I mean, listen, (laughs) you do learn learn more about Anelka, but very selfish player. And it was always about him, it seemed. That's what I got from the documentary. And he may have been unfairly treated at times, but he always had this... He just was very, very bad dealing with any kind of conflict. Yeah. Or he was a hell of a player, by the way. Incredible player. I played against him numerous times. He could have been, like, one of the top three players in the world. Well, uh, Wenger says in this documentary, he says, you know, obviously he had a great career. He can't knock it. You know, he's won a lot. But did he fulfill his potential? No. No. He didn't. No, he didn't. Same like Antonio Cassano, I think, didn't reach his potential. He was crazy. He was a nutcase, yeah. (laughs) Total nutcase, but what a player in his day. Few of those. Sitting beside one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. We're out of time. B, thank you. Thank you. Right. Thanks, Danny. Lad. Talking about me, but wait till this doubleheader tonight with Union Deportiva One Soccer. Hey, You'll see me gloves. reach my potential. Dude, you're going to hurt gloves. yourself. I know. Can you we get? Can we get? Can you get a little bit of video of Shams in goal for our? Uh, Absolutely. I've got, video of in goal. I've got a video of me um, facing Shearer at penalties. Yeah, but that's years ago. I want one. I want a present I'm, one. I'm fitter now. <laughs> I nearly, you know, I nearly chipped him from the halfway line in that tournament that you were surprised I scored in. Yeah. I saw he just put the gloves <laughs> on. I said right. no way. So I took the kickoff and I. Just grazed the bar. He did. He thought, came very close. You, the bastard. fear on his face. I've never seen him so afraid and embarrassed in one <laughs> moment. He didn't breathe. Great at that point. <laughs> My had, depth had <laughs> It, w- it would have been the most incredible athletic achievement. Well, you know, usually, you know, I'd be juggling the tennis balls before the game, you know, that kind of stuff, like goalkeepers do, but I yeah. haven't had a chance to do that. But you were sinking beers. Yeah, exactly. I was actually quite <laughs> drunk at that point. <laughs> it was All 11 right, a.m. We're out of time. Shut up. Thanks, yeah. Danny. Thanks oh, for sorry. coming down. Oh, you got, you got to throw in uh, for Craig Forrest lunch kit during our outgo. You know, when your your outro here. Oh yeah. Okay. So for I, uh, it. although we we, we, for we, it. we really missed Craig Forrest's lunch yeah. kit, but Danny's lunch kit filled in admirably. We'll let the well done, Danny. Filled in. Filled in. <laughs> which one they prefer to see on a regular basis. Our thanks to DeanBlundell.com and Amsterdam beer, smooth and Lysol and Lysol. <laughs> Cheers for listening. Bye. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.